today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Oh my God, Matt, there is MCU content in four days. My brain is melting. How what? do we handle this? What? MCU content in four days? I. It's been so long, man. It's, it's been, been so long. It's been so long. So we talk about that, some news, and your feedback. All that right for this ad we have no control over. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I am Jeff Randall. Jeff Randall, hit us with that five-star review. Hold on. Let me let me let me give a little context to this five-star review. Oh man. Last week I said I, I really resisted you reading some feedback in an accent. Uh, some Australian And I don't know why. Some Australian feedback came in, and I felt like the accent you were giving it <laughs> was a little overly um Australian? No. Perfect? Stereotypical. That's what I was oh. getting at. Stereotypical. So I oh. felt like it was offensive. So I said that if you write in from another country and you give consent for Jeff to read your particular feedback in an accent, we will read it in an accent. Uh, so from now on, that's that's the <laughs> new rule. Uh, if you're from a foreign country, or if you're not, and you just want to challenge Jeff's abilities... Um, oh, geez. <laughs> if you're from the U.S. and you want me to do a different accent. I love it. I love it. Just say, yeah, I'm Irish. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm a dwarf. Give me a dwarvish accent. <laughs> that's a that's one for the D&D fans. Yeah, yeah no, I gotcha. Um, all right. So this week, Luke Murphy gave us a five-star review, and he wrote in, if it's read out over the next few weeks, I give explicit consent to Jeff to attempt my English accent. Good luck to him and cheers. And my favorite part of this is that's not where it stopped. Jeff followed up to find out what part, what part of Britain he was from so that he could narrow down the accent. In my defense, sir, there are at least 37 different dialects. Okay, in in Britain alone. No, I just love that you challenged yourself to really go for it. And so I'm just letting the people know that you had like a few days of, of, of notice on exactly what accent to go for. I'm assuming you practiced this passage over and over to get it perfect. <laughs> uh, no, I only looked up this, this passage today. So here we go. <laughs> and And now... I present to you today's five-star review as read by Jeff Randall with his perfect accent. Oh, no. Oh, no. You can't say the word perfect and then just we'll go into it. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm just teasing, Jeff. Please proceed with the five-star review for today. There's a slight caveat, though, because he's originally from Bournemouth. Uh, which has a bit of a West Country accent, which is similar to Pirates. So I want to go for Barbosa from Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> this is only mildly creepy. I stalked his Facebook page a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I joked that you'd done all this work and it sounds like you really did. I, did. I, love, I, I freaking love it. I freaking love it. Oh man. But he said he has, he said he has a standard uh, English accent, whatever the hell that means. Uh, instead of the the fun West Country accent. So I'll go with the standard English accent. All right. Well, let's hear it. Without doubt, the best Marvel podcast available. Matt and Jeff are brilliant. 
They're two very likeable guys who I look forward to listening to at every opportunity. If you love all things MCU and Marvel in general, you will really enjoy this podcast. They voice honest opinions and don't pull their punches, but they also don't take themselves too seriously and their great sense of humour comes through in every episode. Keep up the great work, lads. Thank you, Luke. Thank you for that kind review. Uh, that kind five-star review. Uh, <laughs> good job, Jeff. That's un- that sounded pretty good. I, you know, I don't know Luke, but I'm going to imagine that's, that's his exact voice. Yeah. <laughs> I hope he calls him with a voicemail and just like really angrily saying how that's not like his voice at all. It's like, never again, never again. I rescind this. So this is a new podcast game we have where you guys can give him, give Jeff consent <laughs> And tell uh, him exactly what street you're from in London, and we'll get a real, <laughs> we'll get a real like uh, Rex Harrison in a uh, My Fair Lady <sighs> vibe going on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, uh, another little piece of business we like to drop here at the front. Business. This is brand new too, as as well. I want to dedicate this episode to okay. our buddy, Nathaniel Muzzy. Yeah, Nathaniel Muzzy up there in Minnesota. That's right. That's right. Nathaniel Muzzy up there in Minnesota, and I'm not going to attempt it. Uh, <laughs> he has been a patron as long as anyone has. And we've been doing this lately. We've been doing this thing where we drop at the, at the beginning of each month, we say all the people who are new patrons to the podcast and we thank them, but that's a new thing. So I wanted to thank our oldest patrons who have been around since the beginning. And Nathaniel Muzzy is our top patron of all time. He has given more to this podcast than anyone, and so he is our first one we're going to do, and we're going to go down the list and give thanks and dedicate episodes over the next few months to patrons who have given a lot on our Patreon. So thank you to Nathaniel Muzzy. You are the man. You're the man, Nathaniel. Not only has he been a long-term patron, but he has been bringing the heat on our trivia nights. Every Wednesday we do our live trivia nights at strandedpanda.tv slash at twitch.tv slash strandedpanda.tv where we do a live trivia and we uh, do a thing. And Nathaniel Muzzy, so far it's been two weeks we've been doing this. He has been in the top two both weeks. He was second place the first week and he won this week. So killing it both from a just like knowledge of MCU standpoint, because I feel like I'm asking hard questions, but everyone seems to know the answers because you're not because our audience is is really good. Um, but Nathaniel <laughs> Muzzy, killing it. Thank you. And uh, we hope to see you this week at uh, Trivia. He even jumped on to play code names with us. He did. He did jump kind on to play hoc. code names with us this week. So Nathaniel Muzzy just a great guy. So thank you. We wanted to dedicate this episode to Nathaniel Muzzy before we dive into the news. And now I think it's time to dive into the news. MCU content in four days, Matt. What? Yes, we are finally, this week, this week, we are finally getting season seven of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That's the biggest news I've heard in a while. Uh, yeah. Yes, it is. In, in, in every context. <laughs> I don't know what's coronavirus. 
<laughs> they never heard of that. They're in the 30s. <laughs> That's right. They've never heard of that. They're in the 30s. Um, so this week... We have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 7. The final season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is coming back. And I am very excited. It's Wednesday night, right? Yes. Uh, it will be Wednesday night. We'll probably be watching it on Hulu the following day. But, uh, you know, Wednesday night for you people with live TV. What's that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and Wednesday night, we'll be a little busy with our MCU trivia. Uh, well, <laughs> I will true. be. I'm not sure if you're going to make it this week. It may be me oh, and well. another co-host. We're not sure yet. I mean, I do have to. Uh, I do have to record the Star Wars Universe podcast. You know, my schedule's so packed right now. So many podcasts, so little time. It's true. Uh, so, in preparation for the upcoming season of Agents of Shield, Clark Gregg had a uh, an interview with Variety, and. He's, he talked, he, he revealed some, some little nuggets of information that are uh, interesting for us that I kind of wanted to talk about here in the news section. Namely, that while everybody knows that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. will be crossing over with uh, Agent Carter and we'll get like a bit of Daniel Sousa in there, uh, Clark Gregg also said that there are going to be other decades featured in this season. Specifically, he said, we're going to have a lot of fun in the 50s. Ooh. And he said, you can't go to the 50s without feeling a little bit noir. Hmm. I find that very interesting because we, you and I, were begging for Agent Carter to to jump through through different decades, jump through time yeah. uh, with that series. But it seems they're doing that in one season here. Of S.H.I.E.L.D., which uh, we know they're showing Daniel Suso, which I, I think that could mean they might get around to showing other Agent Carter characters throughout that. And especially if they're jumping into the 50s or even further, uh, we might get, you know, we could get a Hank Pym. We, we, we literally had an episode a few uh, months ago about, it was one of our patrons commissioned an episode about filling in uh, epi- things we'd like to see in the MCU filled in, like backstory we'd like to fill in. And this is one of the ideas that we'd get like a jumping through the timeline to get backstory for S.H.I.E.L.D. and uh, Howard Stark and Agent Carter and Daniel Sousa and Hank Pym. Like, I want all of that. And it seems like we <laughs> could actually get that with this season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We very well could. Uh, so another one of the the little interesting tidbits that came up is that uh, Patrick Warburton is actually going to be coming back for his role um, as Rick Stoner, where it was, a, he was, I think he was a general at first. Uh, if you remember in the lighthouse, when they first got there in yeah. the, I guess the modern time, he was the, the hologram that was showing them around. I do. Yeah. Rick Stoner is actually the first director of shield. And we're actually going to see him not in hologram form, but in actual, person they can touch him oh, that sounds awesome yeah i'm really excited about that because he's such a great actor yeah i love him he's super funny and he's been in all the great things i love him i love that and i love that's that deep continuity man that's exactly what yeah, i it want is. that's exactly what i want i love it <laughs> i love it yep yep um so moving on, the this is this is interesting information. This kind of branches out a little bit. Uh, Clark Gregg in that interview with Variety said that um, he he would like he rather he would have fun with the idea of Agents of Shield being brought to Disney Plus, uh, saying that it would be fun to 
kind of restart everything, like start over at square one. And he said that with the way that Tom Hiddleston has said that they're doing it over there, making 10 or 12 episodes, I think that we would have a really good time, like this paraphrasing what he said, but the, the focus is that uh, we originally had thought that the Loki show on Disney Plus was going to only have six episodes and be a, a short run like that. But Clark Gregg is, is saying that they're looking at 10, 10 or 12 for the Loki show. Interesting. It may be it may be a misinterpretation of what he said and just say, like, you know, we can, you know, if we stretch it out or if, you know, we condense our stories into 10, 12 episodes on Disney Plus, or if we, you know, if we stretch out the the six episode story or whatever that that it looks like Loki has, like either way. But the 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 way that he said it seems to indicate that Loki might be more than we thought. That would be awesome. Man, I mean, I want I want so much of these shows and I I, I don't know. I, I always I'm always torn. I want this balance because I feel like these shows that try to make 20 episodes of a thing are just a little sometimes they're trying to make too much content without the quality isn't there. Um but or the story doesn't support it. Right, right. Which is why those the pods in season 4 were so good. But yes. we Really, I would really like to see um, lots of lots of episodes of these uh, these series, but I also want them to stay focused and make really good content. I don't want tons of filler episodes when it comes to Loki. There's a balance you want to strike because obviously I w- I would love to have all of the content, but I also want them to be able to make the best content. I don't want a bunch of filler episodes. Yeah, absolutely. But there's you know there's so much story of Loki to tell. I guess. Especially with the TVA, uh, with him like getting the the uh, the Tesseract in that 2012 offshoot timeline and disappearing. Like, mm-hmm. There's a lot that, that can be explored with that. For sure. And especially if you're introducing the TVA, like that's you you know, you've got to introduce the the idea of an authority on time variance. You have to introduce you have to explain how they do what they do, how they move and, you know, how they, or at least how they function or it, you should, <laughs> you, you should do those things. Also just the idea of time travel as a more consistent thing or having a way to tell a time travel story because the way they did the time travel story in Avengers Endgame was great, but it's a very one uh, one trick pony. It's like you, you go back in time to pick up things you need. That's it. That's yeah. all you can really do with what they did. Um, I'd like to see what other uses for time travel we can have and other different forms of time travel. Uh, and, and some of that will be explored directly on agents of shield. And, you know, the, the, even the idea that Clark Gregg is having conversations with Tom Hiddleston makes me excited because it makes me think that maybe these, uh, disparate parts of the universe are having communications again for maybe for the first time in a while. I don't know. Um, I, it, it excites me. It makes me think that maybe we'll get a little more connectivity from this last season's of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which I would really, really like to see. I would as well. I'm, I'm hoping that they're kind of uh, circling back around to get everything uh get everything kind of put back together, especially with Feige being reached out or sorry, with, uh, with ABC reaching out to Kevin Feige saying like, Hey, produce a show for us. You know, we want to, we want an MCU show, uh, on ABC. Like I, 
maybe maybe they're reconnecting. They're they're stitching together those old wounds. Maybe you know we're gonna get a marriage again. I don't know. Yeah, I mean ABC is owned by Disney. I don't see why they couldn't, but they definitely need to keep it under the creative control of Feige. I don't want another situation where. 10 years from now, we find out all the shows we were watching may or may not be in the universe. Oh my God. When all the, <laughs> they come back and like all the Disney plus shows are, they're like, ah, no, none of that's canon. It's like, what, what, what have you been watching? What? Right. Don't stop using me. <laughs> stop <laughs> using us as fans to just like watch your thing. Cause you tell us it's, the, it's one of our like founding principles at stranded Panda. Actually, uh, if you check out our strandedpanda.com at our website, we have a whole thing about like how, uh, one of the things we believe in is it, like the contiguity of a universe. And when you're telling a story, keeping those, uh, stakes, uh, consistent and keeping the story consistent. And if you're going to change it a bunch, just create a new universe. We're, we're, we're fine with the multiverse theory. We're not fine with you telling us it's in the same universe and then just changing everything willy nilly, you know? Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to say that something is in the same universe, you have to respect the other monumental events that have happened in that universe. Uh-huh. And if you can't, you need to make a different universe. Yeah. I, I fully believe that because at that point, if you are not going to respect the stuff that came before and you're going to say it's in the same universe, you are just using your fans. It's true. You're telling them it's in the same universe, then you're not abiding by the rules that make it in the same universe. And that pisses me off, especially as, you know, a Star Trek fan, you know, or, <laughs> or you know, as Star Wars feels the same way. J.J. Abrams is the worst at this. Uh, and whenever he brings something back, he destroys a huge chunk of the universe, uh, whether it be the extended universe novels or whether it be creating a completely spinoff universe. Um, anyway, we'll get into Star yeah. Trek and Star Wars later when the feedback, I'm sure. Um <laughs> I don't even remember, but I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> well, I was just thinking of like in the MCU, uh, or at least in Marvel content, uh, a recent example of this is uh, when Victor Stein said, you know, in season, what, one of the Runaways that, uh, you know, this is the first time that aliens have shown up on Earth. And yeah. Said, uh, no, no, they haven't. <laughs> Uh, how about 2012? Yeah, this is clearly after 2012. Obama is president, which also is a problem for the universe. Like, if you're going to make it in the universe, make it in the universe. If you're not, don't. Like, I'm, I'm fine with new content that's totally separate from, a, from, like, this established canon. And yes, I watch this established canon. I watch everything that comes out because it's part of the same universe. But don't just tell me it's part of the same universe and then don't make it part of the same universe. That's just... That pisses me off. <laughs> do the do the legwork. Yeah, and gotta, and gotta earn it. Every we've actually had a lot of people in the uh, MCU cast chat this week, uh, which I think we're gonna need rename to Stranded Panda Chat because uh, it's been a lot more expensive, and there's a lot of reasons. But anyway, um, be, but one of the things is like a lot of people are talking about like what do you consider MCU canon, and it just sucks to have to have that conversation. We need to be able to keep this thing straight you know yeah i uh, i fully support the idea that feige should uh make a a marvel an mcu like timeline uh, to say what is and what is not canon in our universe like what should we pay attention to yeah basically it it just makes me mad that because we have to ask for that because well they have to have feige do it because i think if feige were to do it he'd be like the movies that's what i made 
You know what right. I mean? Like, and, and we've been watching these movies, for, these TV shows for years, The Defenders, as well as Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which I think are, and Cloak and Dagger, which I think are like really good shows and could uh, fit well into the canon, but they're going to ignore them just because they want to do what they want to do. And like, you know, 10 years from now, I have no doubt if they wanted to create an inhuman show and they wanted to ignore the fact that the inhumans were activated on earth in agents of shield for so long, like they would just ignore that. You know what I mean? Like they don't care. And that pisses me off. And that's unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, they could do something crazy, like a little time travel, like they're doing right now. They could have uh, sky meet her mother and stop the sanctuary from ever being built or something like that. And then, you know, they could do something like that, but it just, it undoes so much of what we've been watching all these years. Anyway, let's get into the feedback. I'm just going to sit here and gripe about what's, what is and what isn't <laughs> canon. And that makes me, it makes me mad because the whole reason we do this podcast is because there is a canon. And now we're having to have the same conversation I've had so many times with Star Trek and Star Wars and whatever, every other nerdy thing what is and isn't canon and it makes me mad because i want it all to be canon and they they were so close it's like literally a few lines of dialogue here or there and they would still be canon but they don't care to pay enough attention to avoid that stuff you know yep yep they're not doing the work they're making us do the work and it's frustrating it really is so, speaking of the, uh, the MCU cast chat, Haley Hobbs said, Random catch in Age of Ultron. Nick Fury says this to the group in the kitchen of the Bartons' home while they're regrouping. Possibly Nick Fury slash Skrull reference, or simply because the previous movie was Guardians. Uh, and it is a, uh, a picture from the script. Is, and Nick Fury's line is, Here we all are, back on Earth, with nothing but our wit and our will to save the world. Yeah. It's nice because it works well if you're just looking at Fury talking about the fact that, you know, they're getting all this cosmic stuff kind of entering their lives. But it also works really well now that we know that he might have been a scroll at that point. Like, here we are, back at Earth, <laughs> trying to fight yeah. this stuff. <laughs> That's real fun. Yeah, that is uh, that is a lot of fun. Um, oh, there's so many theories about that of like when when Nick Fury could have disappeared, uh, when he could have uh, been swapped out for Talos. I mean, mm-hmm. we we just don't know. We don't know at what point. I'd really like to know. <laughs> Ooh, what if it was in the Winter Soldier? He got shot. Talos came in to replace him. And Nick has been in space recovering from that since then. I love that. I think that's great. Yeah. They they extracted him. Yeah. 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 They beamed him out to whatever sword base he's on. Yeah. Because the technology there is, is more advanced and can actually save Nick, you know, with, uh, from the, the gunshot wound through his chest. The several gunshot wounds in his chest. Yeah, I guess a scroll could use his beat up eye to turn on that computer in the last scene. I guess he trusts Talos enough to let him copy his eye perfectly. Yeah, mm-hmm, I yeah. would think so. The Winter Soldier scene. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would think so. 
Yeah. All right. <laughs> it's fine. It works. It works. It's fine, I guess. <laughs> it works out perfectly. It could be anywhere in there, though, you know? It could be anywhere. That's true. That's true. Uh, Robert Vogel said... Okay, this has probably been talked about and I just didn't see the post, but I'm wondering after watching the beginning of Far From Home again, is Old Man Cap dead? Or are they just saying that he died because it's easier than saying he used uh, a time machine, went back in time, and is now an old man? Um, I, I think I think they the people have answered this in the chat, but I think that uh I think that they lied about Captain America's death because he had to go back and do the time stuff and he ended up as an old man and they don't want to explain time travel. Right. Don't you feel like, yeah, I think that, uh, the, the general populace knowing about time travel would be a super dangerous thing. Yeah. Not only super dangerous, but also super like, it's kind of the same as if you find out found out aliens were coming to earth. Like you'd all freak out. Time travel is sort of the same thing. Like anyone could be changing our history at any moment like it just be it's an existential threat that you can't have in your mind to worry about yeah 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 i mean oof. there i mean can you Im- imagine the ramifications of like random people being like oh none of this matters anymore because if it gets bad enough we can just use time travel to fix it yeah man like people would go down such a a dark rabbit hole and we can't have that. Yeah. <laughs> we can't just go jumping around in time all the time and, and fixing it willy nilly. Like you got to do good now. Yeah. The government or whatever agency is controlling the release of this information, uh, I guess shield probably it like has a vested interest in keeping kind of those, all that stuff under wraps, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. We should do a, a what if movie where, the the information of time travel just gets out uh, as public knowledge and just explore you know how dark that goes and then we'll make that into our uh, our musical yeah we could do that <laughs> it doesn't have to be a musical it could just be a, a super dark uh, story podcast yeah i would love to do that that'd be fun I'd really like to do a scripted podcast. I'm working on the musical, as I've mentioned, but I'm, uh, I'd, I'd love to do a scripted podcast just to learn how to do it. Like, if we do it once, we'll be better at it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that's usually how practice works. Yeah. I'm, I'm learning that <laughs> the value of practice in my uh, quarantine. <laughs> I mean, like, I know the value of practice. I'm a musician. I know that you do things over and over, you get better at them, but like... I don't know. There's certain things like, I mean, like we've been learning how to do the Twitch stream thing and every week we get a little better at it and every week we work on, work out one little kink and then it's like, you know, every time we do it, it's a little bit better than the last time because we learned a thing we didn't know last time, you know? And, uh, yeah. it's, it's interesting how that works and something can look so daunting, but you, you, as long as you can get through it once, the next time it's that much easier and the next time it's that much easier and that much better quality. And the next time it's that much easier and that much better quality. And that goes for just so much of things in life. And I have recently just been, uh, really enjoying that process and recognizing it more than I have in the past. And that's been cool. Yeah. Yeah. All that say you agree. We're going to do this story, right? Yeah, man. Time travel. You know me. Love a time travel. Yeah. Story. <laughs> but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it off cast. We don't want spoilers, you know? Yeah. 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 We'll, we'll, 
We'll work this out later. It's not like we don't have enough going on. This is me convincing Jeff to move on without actually guaranteeing I'd do it. Shh. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Andre Sparks said, characters who have yet to be on screen who need to be in a movie in the next five years. One, Nova. Two, Moon Knight. Three, Red Hulk or Hulk and the Agents of Smash. All Hulk, killer, all Hulk characters. Four, Ironheart. And five, White Tiger. By the way, I loved your uh, Cyclops movie idea. Nice. Uh, I, lo- I love you. how many Hulk things were in there. I don't know who White Tiger is. All those, I agree with all of those. I don't know who White Tiger is. Do you? I've seen White Tiger on uh, one of the uh, one of the animated things. Um, I believe it was Ultimate Spider Man. Um, but as far as the character, I can't, I, I mean, there's, I can't think of any that I've, that I've read that are just like, you know, this is white tiger. I'm hmm. looking at, I'm looking at, um, white tiger Marvel on, on the Google search right now. And it's just not helping because <laughs> there's so many. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff about this character, uh, this female character, white tiger. I, yeah. I don't I don't know what Tiger, but I know all the others, and they all I really liked it. I'd like all that. What was your Cyclops movie idea? Because I think that was you. Uh, yeah, that was me. Um, that was uh, where Cyclops is an orphan uh, in a Nathaniel Essex run orphanage, uh, and he eventually escapes and gets to uh, the expansion. Um, but Mr. Sinister is chasing him the entire time. And Mr. Sinister is the one that's, uh, that's kind of the big bad, but it's more of a, a horror movie almost hmm. or a suspense kind of movie. Yeah. Uh, where Sinister eventually kidnaps Jean Grey, um, and uses her as like bait to bring Cyclops, uh, to him. And, you know, at that point he can get her DNA and make Madeline Pryor, you know, whatever needs to be, to be done. Um, I think though that that movie probably, uh, if we're looking at movies that already exist and movies that I've headcanoned into being what I saw as the movie, mm-hmm. uh, I would look to the new podcast that I'm making uh, where in our first arc we handle X-Men Apocalypse and make it a much better movie. Yeah. I'm excited to hear that uh, in its totality. I only, I've heard the first episode, uh, new podcast coming soon. We got two new podcasts launching soon, actually. And we got a new one on the, on the, uh, network that we're going to be like officially talking about next week. So that's cool. We've talked about it before, but yeah. Um, superhero ethics, which has been on the cast, uh, on the network for, since the beginning, but we haven't really done an official push for them. We're going to do that next week. And, We've got a new TV podcast coming soon, and we've got the new Script Doctors-themed podcast. Like, we've got a lot of stuff coming. I'm excited. This quarantine has been useful. <laughs> we're just trying to make the best of this, like, kind of crappy situation that we're all kind of stuck in. So, trying to make some stuff. To be fair, I've been workshopping to be fair. this. Okay. I've been <laughs> workshopping this uh this podcast idea, the the script doctors themed one for quite some time as before the, the quarantine. Yeah. It just seemed like a perfect opportunity to pull the trigger though. Yeah. 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 Same, same with the TV themed one. We've been talking about doing some more TV stuff that is not exactly themed Marvel or DC and, but it's kind of along the same lines for a while and we just haven't had a chance to do it. And, uh, we're going to be launching that in a few weeks. So 
a lot of cool things coming from the stranded panda here. Uh, what do we got next here from the feedbacks? Oh, this one's mean to me. <laughs> yes, it is. Trent at Trent Lee said, Adam MCU cast new drinking game. Take a shot every time Matthew Carroll says, hashtag I don't remember, when Jeff makes a semi-obscure movie reference on a cast. No, don't. You'll die. Love you, Matt, but your memory sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Trent. I love you, too, even though you're mean yep. to me. <laughs> <laughs> I think this was uh, this was specifically uh, queued up by me referencing speed and uh, specifically the Dennis Hopper line where he's like, interactive TV, Jack, way of the future. And you were like, I don't remember that. Oh yeah, I still don't remember that. I like I remember <laughs> the character, I remember the movie, I remember like, you know, Pop Quiz Hot Shot, all that stuff, but I don't remember interactive TV Wave of the Future. Uh I think more people are with me. <laughs> that's I just, don't think so. It's not like a <laughs> classic line from that movie. I'm not saying it's not a good line or whatever. The whole movie is a classic line. <laughs> you couldn't even remember the speed. Uh, you couldn't remember the speed. He says, stay above 50. Uh, I think we looked this up last week and you were wrong. <laughs> I, I distinctly remember the line, the scene, and looking it up and finding I was right. <laughs> I'm just like, I, I don't, I'm not trying to like, uh, crap on you. It's fine. It's fine. I just remember having this exact conversation last week. We looked it up and you were wrong. <laughs> and now you've, you've, pap- you've papered over it in your brain that you were right. Here we go. Here we go. Here's the YouTube link. I'm not saying it's not 50. I'm saying I think last week you said the wrong thing. I no, I said 50 at the time. Mm, all right. So. I've, my, my, my search history is right here. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. I just remember last week I s- deciding you were wrong. And, and maybe, maybe I'm the one that's crazy here. You are. All right. Well, I'll go back and check the tape. That's, we we literally just had a tweet about how your memory sucks. Yeah. Well, about that, that thing. <laughs> not about last week's podcast. Okay. I'm, you know, I, I can't really defend myself. My memory does suck. And I, just, I'm, I'm, I don't like, I don't have any pride about this. I just feel, I just remember pretty strongly that you were wrong last week. I think about you this wanted exact me to thing. be wrong. So I feel like maybe, maybe. I don't even it's remember. Okay. Was that even on the podcast or was that on, I think that might've been on uh the live stream. I don't even remember. I it, remember. Was I, it, was, it was on the live stream. It was on the live stream. Yeah, that's what it was. It was on the Wednesday night live stream trivia, geek trivia, every Wednesday night at 7.30 Central on twitch.tv slash strandedpandatv. What we got up next, Jeff? Jahar Ali sent us a message. Uh, Mark Strong is an amazing actor. I would personally love to see him as the MCU Professor X and sent a, uh, a link to an Instagram post that Boss Logic put up. Uh, with Mark Strong in the wheelchair looking like Professor Xavier. Yeah, and looks really great. He's got the look. He's got the look. He does. I don't know that I don't know that his temperament uh is is right for Professor Xavier. Much the same way that you were saying that um Gus Fring couldn't be a Xavier for you because he needs to be Magneto. Uh, I, I've always only ever seen Mark Strong in in aggressive villainous roles. So right. putting him as Xavier is like, oh, I don't know, kind of a dick. 
Yeah. Like, I know that these these actors obviously have range and... It's just, oh, yeah. it's just sometimes it's hard to imagine them. Like if 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 I found out Mark Strong wanted to play Professor X and I was in charge, I would have him read for the role. You know, like like show me what you got. What does your X look like? You know, and maybe it's perfect. <laughs> show me what you got. Show me what you got. <laughs> so silly. All right, Jeff. Today we have a really special ad to read. You down for it? I am so ready for this, sir. Yeah, this is uh, this is really cool. Uh, I was just having a chat with one of our buddies, one of our friend of the podcast, Matthew Rainwater. Another Matthew, God. Yeah, another Matthew. What is that about? <laughs> he mentioned that he had a nonprofit that uh, he was working on, and you know they could use a little advertising love. And I was like, that'd be a great thing to do for the cast. So today's ad that we're dropping here in the middle of the cast is for. Uh, one of one of us, one of us MCU cast people. One of us. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so if you if you uh, if you if you will give it a listen, we're going to talk about his uh, nonprofit that he started, which I think is so so cool. Um, take it away, Jeff. All right. <clears throat> Matthew Rainwater is a U.S. Army veteran and the president and founder of Pennies for Quarters, a 501c3 located in Port Angeles, Washington. Uh, there are anywhere between 100 and 200 homeless veterans on the Olympic Peninsula alone, and they're trying to reduce that number to zero. Their plan is to use the property they have bought to build a community of up to 24 tiny houses to be used as transitional housing. This means each member of the program will be able to live there for two years as they help the vets get their lives back on track, allowing them to become productive members of society. They'll have a building on site that will operate as a community center of sorts, where they will have group therapy, AA slash NA meetings, uh, a chow hall, which will be used to provide the vets three meals a day, ensuring that they get their nutritional needs met. Veterans who arrive with up to a family of four will be able to be accommodated, as long as they have the space for them. If there's no space for the family, then Pennies for Quarters will find them other accommodations. Uh, they will also have a community garden, which is very therapeutic, and they'll be partnering with other nonprofits to help get their members' job skills. Uh, you can donate to Pennies for Quarters at penniesforquarters.org slash donate. Um, again, this is a uh, this is a nonprofit started by one of the MCU cast listeners, and I think it's really rad. It's something that, um, you know, these people that have uh, dedicated their lives to service of our country uh, and, and then are come back here and don't have a home. And so there's a there's a real problem in his area. And Rath Greenwater did something about it, starting this uh, nonprofit. So if you guys have the means, uh, try to support. You can donate at penniesforquarters.org slash donate. Yeah, and post on Twitter or something that you donated so that people can see this uh, really cool charity that uh, he has started. So check it out, guys. Thank you, true believers. We're getting close to... So, our last few pages of feedback are are a few real long ones. Uh, so, let's we're going to dive into these and get through as much as we can. How about it? Ben Cockerell says, Hey guys, just started listening a couple of months ago while reminiscing Endgame and Infinity War. I participated in y'all's Twitch live streams. Shameless plug. Woo. And that... 
clip on Twitter of Jeff predicting Infinity War. Uh, during the quarantine, I've taken the time to rewatch the MCU, which is refreshing. And during the Winter Soldier bridge, or, sorry, during the Winter Soldier bridge fight scene, I found myself leaping up and punching the air for Cap as he took down the jet. I love how the MCU are the only films that do that for me. I was wondering what part of the MCU made y'all giggle with joy or scream yes. Love the podcast. Love the streams. Thanks, guys. Okay, giggle with joy and say yes are two different things for me. <laughs> I, I scream yes while giggling with joy frequently. All right. Ben, that, sound, that sounds weird and awkward. Uh, first, Ben, thank, <laughs> thank you for listening to the live streams. Uh, I've really been just having a blast at the live streams. I can't wait. Wednesday nights are like my favorite thing now. I really like Wednesday nights live streams. I can't wait to do them more. But uh, so what, you you want to go first? I've I've got a couple in my in my brain, but I, I feel like you might steal one or two. But go ahead. What's your what's your uh, what's your what's your what's your giggle and what's your yes and are they the same thing? Uh, n- no, no, they're not. Uh, there is one specific moment that I I think back to. Uh, anytime somebody's like, you know, this is how happy the MCU makes me. Um, there was one moment in the end of Iron Man two when we're at the post credits scene and Phil Coulson turns says, you know, he's on the phone. He says, sir, I found it. Camera pans over to Mjolnir Mm -hmm. and then it goes black. I leapt out of my chair (laughs) screaming. Yes. In the theater. And the, the whole theater went apeshit. Like we were all just so freaking pumped for that to happen. What's crazy about that. And it shows the interesting world that is, the way it's changed is I don't think we knew Thor was coming at that point. Did we like, I don't think Thor uh, the movie I don't think so. had been announced. So when that happened, it's just this crazy thing. Whereas now they come so fast and they're, and we know everything. I feel like we know when a movie has been greenlit and all that stuff so soon that we don't get that same reaction. Cause we know it going in. It's hard to surprise us with something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, think if think if you hadn't known that Endgame was going to be a time travel movie. Think of of how you would have reacted to this happening. I will say I didn't exactly know that it was going to be a time travel movie. We we there were a number of things they could have done, and we've talked about it a bunch. And yeah, time travel was definitely one of the theories that was common. Uh, but none of our real theories about time travel ended up panning out. Like they did a very different version of time travel than I was expecting. And so I was pretty yep. surprised, but I still was very delighted. Um, for me, my, uh, so giggle, uh, probably the first scene of guardians of the galaxy where star Lord dances that, yeah. that makes me giggle. That made me giggle Every real time. hard. I just could not. And not to mention that one, but like also same point in the movie in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 when Groot dances. Mm-hmm. Those mm-hmm. two scenes, they surprised me in a way that like just I couldn't stop laughing and giggling. Those were great. But as for yes <laughs> moments when I screamed, like screamed yes and like wanted to hop up in the theater and yell, um, Captain America holding M- Mjolnir. Yeah, like that, that I know. I know. I feel like that's like a I feel like almost like that's too easy of an answer, but I just can't say enough about how amazing that scene is. And every time I go and watch those things of pe- that people post of like the night of when people are uh, watching yeah, that scene, yeah, the, oh. the in the moment reactions. Yeah, 
Oh, man. I still am getting chills. I'm getting chills right this second thinking mm-hmm. about where where uh, Thor lands in Wakanda and says, bring me Thanos. Yeah. And then leaps up into the air and the storm gathers overhead, lightning shooting off of every part of his body. And he slams the hammer down into the ground, decimating all of the freaking outriders around him. Uh, I may be a dungeon master, you guys. Yeah. I like it. I like it. I, I, you know, you mentioned that and I posted in the MCU cast chat, which will soon be the stranded Panda chat. It looks like. Um, but, uh, I mentioned that this week that, or I posted a video of that. Someone posted the, um, what was it? it the was, IMAX stretch the IMAX, version? Yes, the IMAX version of that. And you could see like just more ground, more sky, more sides of the battle. And man, that was so cool. It was so it's cool. So epic. So epic. There's so much going on in that frame. I really oh, love man. that. <laughs> but yeah, that's another of my, you know, leap up screaming yes moments. Uh, I didn't at the time. Just because uh, I was in a reclined chair with my feet up. Uh, so, so, you know, I, I bounced a little bit in my chair. I wiggled, you know. Uh, but uh, the moments that make me that make me giggle with glee um, are usually the the goofier moments. Like when, uh, when Thor in Ragnarok, he's like... He looks at, at Valkyrie and he's like, because that's what heroes do. And then throws the ball at the at the window and it bounces off and smashes him right in the face. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me fall over laughing every time. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, Thor in the diner when he smashes the cup and he's like, another. I was like, I know what he's doing there. Like, I get it. <laughs> They're like, what the hell is wrong with you? Another yes moment for me is the, the classic... I am Iron Man moment from the very first Iron Man. It's just such a brazen moment of like pridefulness and insanity for him to like say that he's Iron Man in front of that reporter. And he just, it's just a, it perfectly stems from his character. I just love it. And it just shows that they're going to do something different in this version of these stories than any other superhero story has ever been told by just tossing out the idea of, secret identities and i i really love that scene and so when he says when he's such a build-up it's like when he looks at the reporter and goes well you if you were to think i was a hero of some kind that would be amazing actually uh it's just like i didn't say superhero no you didn't uh, oh good because that would be fantastic and yeah i love it and then he's just like i am iron man and that's just a perfect end to that movie so good. Yep. Yep. And you know, like that idea of, of secret identities just being thrown out from the very beginning of the MCU uh, is so like, you can see such harsh contrast in the world around them. Uh, it, like between him being Iron Man and being open about, you know, like I am Iron Man just out in the world uh, versus uh, his protege, in Peter Parker, who's trying to hide that he is or that he is Spider-Man and like, yeah, his, the, some of the people around him know, but he's trying to hide and sneak and, and, you know, he's, he's trying to keep it under wraps while he's, you know, out at a, at a, or on a, on a European field trip. And it, it's so different as far as like 
character motivation and and one of the things that the character is desiring it's just such a it's such a different way to approach the character they may be both tech genius science bros you know kind of guys but it just goes to it goes to show and and further elaborate on how different their characters are absolutely sorry i it's a long roundabout winding way to get there no no you're you're right man absolutely what does mr timothy castillo have to say castillo sorry timothy castillo you guys because that was in all caps uh, been watching through the MCU movies, and I just got to this screenshot. Maybe I missed one of you talking about this before, but this bears a mighty strong resemblance to Nico's staff in Runaways. It did come out a year before. Easter egg that got lost to the madness of the TV multiverse. And it's a, a picture of one of the zealots. Is it? No, it's not one of the zealots. Yeah, I'm not one sure. One of the zealots had the staff of one. I remember that. Uh, is this, this is not her? No, because that, that looks to be in the end of Doctor Strange where uh, they're in Hong Kong about to uh, take on the zealots and try to stop them from destroying the uh, the Hong Kong uh, sanctum. Yeah, I think this staff does have, uh, he's in a picture of this staff that does resemble the staff a lot. There's apparently another staff in the movie that, resembles it enough that that's the one we've talked about most. I don't think this is the one, but it is another staff that ends in a circle at the top. Yeah, we were, yeah, we before were talking about the zealots. Okay. Uh, and how one of the zealots pulled out the, the staff of, or what looked like the staff of one. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, Timothy continues saying, also after listening to your Iron Man 3 versus Dark World episode and rewatching these, I would have to say that Iron Man 2, yes, Iron Man 2, is not as important or interesting as either of these. Iron Man shows actual growth in Tony, as Matt pointed out. Uh, Thor pushes the MCU forward in a big way and can't really be skipped. I know Black Widow gets introduced in Iron Man 2, but the next time we see her in Avengers is honestly just as good an introduction, if not better, because she isn't actively being treated as a toy for Tony's eyes. Uh, The other reasons I would set Iron Man 2 below these other two are that Iron Man basically fights himself again. Uh, It's just a bit repetitive and mundane, and the last fight isn't terribly interesting. I like Iron Man 3 and The Dark World more because they're more interesting stories, even if Thor 2 isn't told quite as smoothly. The dynamic between Thor and Loki makes it more interesting. I think it's great Loki succeeds in tricking Thor. He's a trickster. If he died that easily in the movie, or in that movie, it would underserve the character, and I think that there are plenty of good villains that have been underserved in the same way, so I was really happy to find out he was sticking around at the end. We need good villains for good stories. Put logically... Uh oh. The he has oh, like geez. Iron Man. Th- I don't remember. Th- yeah, I don't remember what these lines mean. Iron Man three is to Thor the Dark World. Or. Maybe is greater. It's or it's an or operator. Okay, Iron Man three or Thor the Dark World is greater than Iron Man two. Uh, that's for you, Jeff. Excelsior. Ooh, Jeff, you didn't remember. <laughs> I. <sighs> I don't program, and that particular uh, that particular symbol isn't used in PowerShell, which is my most common thing. Right. Um, because those are pipes, and that pipes in from one command to another, taking the output from one, giving it to the next. Yeah. Anyway, yep, gotcha. beside the point. 
Cool. Well, yeah, I actually think that's a really good point. Like, so if you're thinking about what's most skippable in the MCU, like, which is like a question we've gotten many, many times. I love Iron Man two. I think it's a great movie. I don't think it's boring. I think it's got a lot of really fun things in there. Uh, but from a, what is skippable standpoint? I, I, think it might be one of the more skippable ones. Like it doesn't move the story along in a, in as much of a real way. What do you think? Well, I mean, we would lose out on Tony being shown up by his dad um, from the past. We would lose out on uh, Tony getting a new, uh, a new arc reactor, which our new uh, chest arc reactor uh, that doesn't kill him. Mm-hmm. And we would lose out on like, that's kind of the, the, the foundation of him starting to make arc reactors for everything because they're not that harmful anymore. You know, he figured out a new way to do it. Right. Um, and he created a new element. Um, we would lose out on that. And that kind of sucks to lose out on that. Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I like I said, I love the movie, but I'm just thinking like, what is, if, if you're trying to really say what's skippable, None of them. None of them are skippable, Matt. <laughs> you got to watch know. every movie. You have to get the Blu-ray. You have to watch every extended and deleted scene. <laughs> uh, you have to... Fair. All That's of it. Fair. That's a fair point. I'm sorry I forgot for a second. Yeah, how dare you? All right, next up, Frank Hogan said, Hey guys, you were talking about Simon Williams, a.k.a. the Wonder Man, and whether his name can work in the MCU. Admittedly, that would be a hard one. They could make the name a joke while not knowing what name to give him, uh, or make him a superhero actor who happened to have the name Wonder Man, so he sticks with it. Uh, however, I'm in the camp where they can give him the name Hollywood, which is what his team, original The Guardians of the Galaxy, calls him in the far future since he is functionally immortal. Uh, I've been talking about Wonder Man being in the MCU for years. He isn't A or B listed as far as popularity goes, but he is physically one of the strongest Avengers in the comics and has more raw potential than most. I think they can make it work. Thank you guys. Keep killing the game with your podcast. I I don't know that I've ever felt cooler. That I said this to him in response, but I don't think I've ever felt cooler than anyone telling me that I'm killing the game at anything. <laughs> No one has ever said I've killed the game at anything, and I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like the I like the the funny name of Hollywood, because you know, anybody who's an actor, you're just like, oh, what's up, Hollywood? Yeah. Like, that's the default thing, right? Yeah, that totally works. I uh, I like that one. And, you know, somebody could, you know, if he had I, I okay. I like all of these ideas. I want to put them all together. Like okay. you call him Hollywood in a funny way, but he played a superhero in movies or whatever that was called Wonder Man. And everybody calls him Wonder Man, but in a, in a, um, a sarcastic kind of way. Or like they don't like, like they're impressed that the real Wonder Man is in front of them. Cause they've only seen him. Like they think he's a fictional character and, and he's like, I'm not Wonder Man. I'm this guy like me, you know, like Spock wrote that book or a little Nimoy wrote the book. I am not Spock. You know that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like he could, he could like have a book that like, I am not wonder man, but then he actually gets the superpowers or whatever. And he's like, and now he is wonder he man. He kind of is wonder man, but he's still pushing back <laughs> against the identity. 
<laughs> I love it. Oh man. And have it like everybody is so enamored with him the way that Ant-Man is enamored with Cap. How he's all just like, I think that's America's ass. <laughs> I believe this belongs to you, Captain America. Like he's just so he falls all over himself. Thanks for thanking of me, you know? Like yeah. he's <laughs> he's such a freaking fanboy. And to have other people doing that toward toward Simon Williams would be just freaking hilarious. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really fun idea. <laughs> Some combination uh, of all of those. Yeah, yeah. I like all of them. I want them all. I feel like Rudy in Iron Man 2 when he said, I'll take them all. <laughs> Frank Hogan also said, random thought, but I feel like Scarlet Witch would be great for lead singer. Something tells me she can sing. I don't know why. Maybe Vision be the manager? Who am I kidding? I don't even know what Sky is. <laughs> Who am I kidding? I don't even know what Sky is. Uh, that's funny. Good one, Frank. <laughs> no one really does. Sky, Sky is uh, ineffable. I don't I don't even think that the Mighty Mighty Boston's know what Sky is. Sky, I mean, you know, I always say it's punk with horns. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's basically it. It's pop punk with horns, not just punk. Well, depends on the, depends on the ska, because like that's there is fair. some more like a, a little more lower. But yes, like it is generally a little more poppy, and definitely the stuff that makes the radio. But all pop, punk that makes the radio is poppy. There are some more like uh, kind of gutter punk ska, uh, but yeah, it's like you know, it's basically punk with horns. That's that's it. That's all you gotta know. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Zach LeWald said, what do you guys think of this idea? Feige should create an official MCU timeline with all of the movies, shows, and one-shots that are canon. It would put our minds at rest for sure. What would your dream official MCU timeline be? What properties would you keep out? Mine would be all 23 movies, all one-shots, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., and Agent Carter. Mine would be the same, except I'd add in Defenders. Like all the Defender series. And I would really yeah. like them to keep those series canon, at least in a nominal way. Like, I, you know, you don't have to bring Luke Cage into the main universe to be able to say that that still happened. You know, like it could just have happened off in a different part of the world in a yeah. way that we don't have to ever mention it. But you also don't have to make things that like make it no longer have happened. <laughs> and well, the. Yeah. The Netflix Defenders verse is it's so like small time and and in neighborhood that it basically doesn't give a shit about the big, you know, world changing events. It doesn't need to. And the world changing events don't give a shit about it. <laughs> right. Like, exactly. Like they they play in different worlds. Kevin Feige. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Feige 2020. Um <laughs> So I would I would go along with what you've got there, but also add in Cloak and Dagger. Oh, uh, because yes. Because Cloak and Dagger yes. was so good. I would too. Yeah. I, I like I, and I get that the shows that Feige had no control over, um, right after this, after the show that Feige has no control over, um, 
<laughs> that, that like he might have a different idea for what he wants voodoo to be like in the MCU. And maybe there's multiple characters he wants to bring in that are like voodoo based and he are dark energy based or whatever. And he wants them to Dr. Voodoo. Yeah. Like it wants, he wants it to be different than the versions we got there. And I get that like it takes away some of his creative freedom uh, to be able to hold on to these uh, it just kind of sucks that they didn't have these conversations 10 years ago and like m- make sure they do these things right. You know? Yeah. I yeah. I will be yeah. annoyed when they start making things that like directly conflict with previous content. But at that point, that content will be three or four years old and everyone will be calling me a fuddy duddy for like crapping on <laughs> like, like if I'm like, <laughs> Think about it. Hashtag not my MCU. Right. No, exactly. Th- think about five years from now. If me and you're on this podcast and we're complaining that some like small line from Iron Fist conflicts with like, but what about episode four of season two of Iron Fist when Danny Rand said this about that corporation and we're and there everyone's like, shut up. Like <laughs> it, it makes me mad. They've put me in this position to be that guy because <laughs> they told me it was connected and I'm never we're going to let be able to forget that. And they, they made me this person. It's not my fault. <laughs> you did this to me. You, I, I think I might be a villain now. Oh man. And it's yeah. Feige's you're the continuity fault. villain. Yeah. I'm a continuity. You're villain Mr. Continuity. It's like I'm Mr. Uh, Mixoplick, but it's continuity, all continuity based you, magics. Yeah. You're, you're you're Mr. Continuity. Yeah. <laughs> they call you the big C. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> I don't love that. <laughs> no, because you the that idea is cancerous. <laughs> what? The idea of canon is cancerous? Uh, no. No, the the idea of toxic fandom. Right. Toxic fanboyism. Yeah, I just like people say it's toxic fanboyism whenever you like act like you are owed something from your fandom, which I get, like I get that they, they're going to make the thing they want to make. But like, as we've said many times, as we said earlier in this episode, stranded Panda, like one of the things we believe in this thing is like, if you're just going to disregard what went before, that's fine, but disregard it. Don't tell me you're going to follow it. And then don't like that pisses me off, you know? Yeah, you're just using it as a marketing ploy at that yes, point. Yes, you're using the diehard fandom as a base for your marketing, and then you're not living up to what they're asking for. And that that's really annoying. Yep, yep. And I get that none of this is Feige's fault. Like, <sighs> <laughs> But they made me this. <laughs> yeah, they made me this way. I'm the villain of the story now. <laughs> I don't love it. <laughs> okay. All right. 084 sent an email saying, and I'm back and eager to weigh in on these long running debates I've been listening to. Ready, Jeff? Ready? Just kidding. You don't have to read this on the cast. <laughs> okay. A case for Thor's characterization. There is totally a through line for the character's development through all of the movies he's been in, sometimes forward, sometimes backward, but he's definitely developed in real ways. One of the first quotes in the four, one of the first quotes in the first Thor movie is a true king never seeks war, 
but he must always be ready for it. When Thor starts out, he's not only actively seeking war, but is also clearly not ready to handle it. During his long weekend in New Mexico, he learns to see how his actions affect others and take that into account before he acts. He also shares two heart-to-heart conversations with Jane, whereas he has one heart-to-heart with Selvig, uh, in which all Selvig does is say the same nugget of wisdom twice in different ways. It's not a bad thing finding out that you don't have all the answers. You start asking the right questions. And anyone who's ever going to find out or going to find his way in this world has to start by admitting he doesn't know. Sorry, Matt. (laughs) Now, in Avengers, Thor has barely any arc, but he's not meant to. It's not really his movie. All the character work for him has to do with the weak spot he has for his brother. We see by the Dark World that Thor, now ready for the throne and for war, but not actively seeking either, no longer trusts Loki. Uh, But when he has no choice, he uses his brother's tricks to help Jane and has to mourn his death once more. Uh, Now that he's given up the throne in favor of more time on Earth, Thor is much more relaxed by Age of Ultron, where he gets put on the trail of Infinity Stones. He takes off looking for them, and then by the beginning of Ragnarok, it's clear that his time on Earth has him talking less Shakespearean and with more humor. He suffers a handful of emotional blows in the span of only a few hours, Loki being alive, Odin dying, his sister existing, and being the absolute worst— the loss of his hammer, and being enslaved on top of all of that. He copes with this by relying on humor, thank goodness for Taika Waititi, and suddenly finds himself the reluctant king of his people shortly after. Right away it goes terribly. Half of them are killed to kick off Infinity War, and he goes on a revenge mission, trying still to put on a cracking facade that only Rocket can understand, but ultimately fails and loses half of everyone else in the universe as well. This pushes him over the edge into the depression we see in Endgame, and it takes a time-traveling talk with Frigga and a little help from Mjolnir to know he's still worthy despite all that he's gone through, which hit me right in the feels. Leaving Asgard's throne in the hands of another Asgardian who was no stranger to coping with loss herself, Thor leaves Earth once more to see who he is without the crushing responsibility of guilt. I'd drop a mic, but I doubt there's any room left for it. Whoops. I still have cases to make for Captain Marvel, Runaway Season 3, and the artist currently known as Matthew Carroll, so stay tuned. Until next time, true believers, Excelsior. (laughs) Yes. I think all of his uh, all of his points about Thor make total sense. Like that's a that is definitely a through line. I don't think either of us have ever felt. I mean, and, and maybe he's defending Thor to the the audience, but I don't think any either of us have ever felt like Thor's thing doesn't make sense. I understand why some people don't like certain aspects of it, but I don't think that either of us have an issue with Thor's arc at least making sense. You know what I mean? Well, I think the the main argument that he's going against here is that the the search for the hammer was weird right. Uh, right after he had just, you know, kind of established that he doesn't need a hammer. Um and then, you know, there was discussion based on that of like, oh, Thor doesn't really have much of an arc or, you know, ever or whatever. Um I have never thought that to be the case. Uh you know, there may be some bias on my part, but Still, uh, I mean, 084 makes a really solid point in that Thor suffers so much loss all the time through all of his movies. He suffers such loss. Yeah, for sure. 
And the way that he deals with it is to just kind of, he's like, oh, that's another thing. Throw it on the pile. You know, I'll process that maybe. Yeah, like life is pain. <laughs> right? That's another thing. That's life. You know, pain, pain, pain over and over. Yep. Yep. I'm over 1,500 years old. Mm-hmm. So he's seen a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. And God, man, I went back and watched that scene in Endgame uh, this past weekend where uh, he goes or like when they go back in time and he goes to, to Asgard and has to talk with his mom. Yeah. My God, dude, I was bawling like a little baby. Yeah, it's rough. It's rough. He, he it's hard especially because he's such a stoic character and he he's falling apart to the point that i think that just like um oh eight four says here like his humor is a sort of like defense mechanism as he's um going up against this pain that he doesn't know how to deal with and he can't just be stoic and so he just like lets himself express it through humor in a way like lets himself a little laugh at himself about how hard things are and how uh, you know, how much pain he's been through and how much loss he's been through. Um, yeah, I, I, I connect to that a lot, actually. Yeah. I mean, the, the main thing that I see with Thor that like really resonates is that he has this, he has this idea of his perception of like, he has this idea of how other people perceive him. And he wants to maintain that of like, he is the, he's a super strong guy who is, supposed to be in control of great power and if he lets these little things like you know oh my mom died affect him or you know oh my brother died or oh my people are destroyed or ah half the universe is is gone because i you know i did the wrong thing i made a bad choice whatever like if he lets these these things affect him and show that weakness then they they can't count on him anymore and he's got to be such a strong person for these people to count on him yeah, and, and to be there for these people. Like, I, Oh my God. And the way that, the way that he just sinks into depression and the, the only, the only solace he gets in knowing that he is worthy or rather knowing that he's still good enough for anything is finding that he's worthy by, you know, on his terms in, in terms that he understands by calling Mjolnir and Mjolnir coming to him. Hmm. It's so powerful. Yeah. God, and his mom just seeing right through that, right through all of it, time has not been kind to you. Oh. <laughs> I'm breaking. I'm breaking right now, man. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's tough, man. Well, I think that's a good place to leave it there with you just broken. Is that sound yeah, good? Yeah, yeah. That sound good? That's a great spot to leave me in. Thanks. I like it. I like it. Um <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yeah, it's a it's a really powerful scene, really powerful movie. Uh, I I love I love all these. I just love I love even the Thor, which are not my favorite. The other yours, but they're not my yep. favorite. And even those to me are just really precious and wonderful films. No skippable movies. No skippable movies. Um, but you know what isn't skippable for real is that this week we have more MCU content coming this week. I'm so excited. Starting Wednesday night, we have uh, two unskippable things Wednesday night. We've got Twitch stream, uh, twitch.tv slash strandedpandatv. Uh, if you want to know about how to join the stream or you want to know what movie we're going to be talking about on the stream, we're going to be doing geek trivia and giving away a Stranded Panda t-shirt. Um, go and join the Stranded Panda army at strandedpanda.com. That'd be awesome. 
Um, that is all the Marvel content we're going to talk about. I did want to make one final pitch to you guys. It is a way that if you have an Amazon Prime account, you can support the podcast directly financially without spending a dime. So if you have an Amazon Prime account and you're interested in that, stick around. If not, totally understand. Peace. We love you, 3000. Uh, if you can do that and you want to support the podcast, possibly you've thought about becoming a patron, but it's not within your means, this is a way you can support the podcast. But I wanted to give you a warning. That's what the last couple minutes of the podcast is going to be about. If not, we love you, 3000. Talk to you next week. Uh, talk to you actually middle of the week with this Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. excitement. Uh, but if you are would love to support the podcast in a tangible way that costs you absolutely nothing and you have an Amazon Prime account, stick around. So, two weeks ago, we did our first episode of um, our Twitch stream, and because so many of you came over and enjoyed the Twitch stream and participated, we made what's called a Twitch affiliate. We did not expect to make this so soon, and we didn't really even understand what all of the benefits of a Twitch affiliate are, but here's one of the benefits, and it's kind of a loophole, (laughs) and it's kind of insane to me. Uh, But I wanted to, we have a lot of listeners out there who have reached out to me and said they would love to support the podcast, but they don't have the money to do Patreon or they, you know, they can't afford a t-shirt or whatever. This is the way to support the podcast. And here it is. I'm going to pitch this once a month from now on at the end of the podcast because uh, it's something that you can do at once a month and literally support the podcast for free. And I think it is so cool. And here's what it is. Um, because Amazon owns Twitch, if you are an Amazon prime member, you get one free subscription on Twitch. And when you subscribe to a channel on Twitch, we get $2 and 50 cents, which sounds like a little bit of money, but let me give you context. If you subscribe to our channel. Yes. If you subscribe to our channel, (laughs) um, if you've been listening to this podcast for two years, you know all those ads we have on the show where it's like Home Depot gives you da 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 or this da 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 da. Um, if you've listened to the show for two years, we have made about fifty cents because you listen to our show. Uh, because those ads don't pay much. They're they're the only way. They're one of the major ways that we support the podcast. We're very thankful for them. We appreciate you guys putting up with them. But like, if that's the way you have supported the show up till now, is just listen to the ads. We are very thankful for it, but it doesn't end up much in our pockets if you want to support the podcast in a really tangible way that costs you nothing but a couple minutes and you are an amazon prime member here's all you got to do you go to twitch.tv and you go to the settings and you connect your account on twitch with your amazon account and you can do it the other way too uh, next month when I may just make this pitch, I'll have some instructions up on our website. But you, if you connect your Twitch account with your uh, Amazon account and you have Amazon Prime, it gives you one free subscription. You have to do the subscription from a desktop. So you have to go to an actual computer. <laughs> kind of crazy. Or laptop or whatever. Can't do it from your phone is all. So you then go to our channel, Stranded Panda TV, and hit subscribe. It's crazy, but every person that does this, basically Amazon pays us $2.50. It's basically them trying to grow their Twitch platform, but it's also just a way you guys can siphon money from Jeff Bezos' pocket into our pocket. 
<laughs> we're like the plucky rebellion and you can uh as someone on our twitch stream called it it's a jeff to jeff transfer yeah <laughs> i think that was me i <laughs> love that made me laugh really hard take bucks from bezos and give them to jeff randall yes so you can literally take like, if you don't like Amazon, I get it, but you happen to have an Amazon subscription for whatever reason, you can just go over to Twitch and give us $2.50 of their money. That's what this, <laughs> legitimately, that's what this is. And you can do it once a month. So literally, you can do this every month, and it takes like three or four minutes to set up the first time, and after that, it takes like 30 seconds to just go to twitch.tv slash TV and hit the subscribe button. And if you do that once a month, we get $2.50. If a small percentage of our listeners would do that, I could go pod- do podcasting full-time. <laughs> like, that's how powerful this could be, uh, because we've got a lot of you guys who have been patrons, and it's amazing, but it's a very small percentage uh, of the overall listenership. And so I wanted to offer this as a way that you guys who may not have the f- funds to support us financially directly, you can make Jeff Bezos do it. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell Jeff Bezos to give money to us. Yeah. This is really cool. And he will. Yeah, he will. So that's our pitch. Go to twitch.tv, connect it to your Amazon Prime account, if you have an Amazon Prime account, and then go to twitch.tv slash TV and hit subscribe. It should say subscribe for free using, subscribe for free using Prime or something like that. And you click on it and it gives us $2.50 of Amazon's money. It's crazy. So... I'm going to be making this pitch once a month because literally if I just remind some of you to do it, you will. Cause I know you guys and I know how, how many of you guys will do things uh, that can help us out. And not all of you have the money to go become patrons, which is incredibly powerful as well. But this is a way that those of you who can't afford to do the Patreon thing can just go give us Amazon's money. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's really cool. It's a really cool idea. So anyway, I just wanted to bring that up, let you guys know about it. Uh, we'll let you guys know about it next month and we'll keep doing that because the more people that do it once a month, like it really could be a hugely powerful thing for growing the network and growing uh, our podcast and the other podcasts we're trying to create. So, you know, if you don't have money to give directly at patreon.com slash MCU cast, which is many of you are, which is amazing. And I, that has grown exponentially lately. It's been really great. But if you don't have the ability to do that, you can just go to that, do this. So, yeah. So get a Twitch Prime account and subscribe. It's really neat. All right. Well, that is our podcast this week. Uh, MCUcast.com. You can also check us out at StrandedPanda.com, which will be uh, fully alive in in about a week. I think we have that like full version of StrandedPanda.com like up and running this week. I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, it's looking uh, it's looking like it's coming right along. It's looking good. Yeah, yeah. We're getting uh, soon we'll have this like really cool website where every show and every host has links to all their stuff on all the things and you can find everything you want about Stranded Panda podcast right there. Right now it's still a work in progress. But next week, hopefully by the time we do the drop this podcast next week, which by then we will have seen Agents of Shield, which I'm very excited about. <laughs> hopefully by then we'll actually be able to drop uh, let you guys know about the new strandedpanda.com and how functional it is and how much you can do there because it, it'll actually have stuff on it <laughs> instead of just being a list of podcasts, which is basically what it is right now. Yep. 
All right, guys. We are the MCU cast. Hit us up at mcucast.com. Peace. Until next time, true believers. Thank you.